Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Lock it in with Cam Rogers is presented by Bet Online, your number one source for all your championship finals, info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA and Stanley Cup finals. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs from basketball and hockey to MLB, UFC, and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get all your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Get into the action today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use that promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. This is Lock It In, a sports betting show part of the Believe Podcast Network. And now, here's your host, Cam Rogers. And we welcome you into Lock It In with Cam Rogers right here on Believe, founded by that man right there, CEO himself, Braun Houston-Stam, coming on the program. What's going on, my man? Good to be with you. Man, I'm excited to be with our best host. Am I allowed to say that by tape? Absolutely, and we're keeping that on this show. I'm going to circulate that clip all over the place. A lot going on, my friend, and we're going to get to a lot of the college sports scene headlines out there that we've seen over the last six months or so. We'll get to some future bets from you as well. So let's get right into it, starting with, your bread and butter, the NIL stuff that's going on right now, Bron. And I want you to compare and contrast you and your college life and how college athletics was then to what it is now. Where do you draw the contrast? Where do you draw the similarities? But more so the contrast with NIL now. Well, the contrast is, is that it's just obvious who's getting paid. Uh, before, you know, you had all of these deals that were kind of going on under the table. And look, if humans are water, path of least resistance. We are an energy equation, right? Consume more than you put out in effort-wise for money, for food, for anything. If you give us an opportunity to cut a line, we will cut it. If you have the opportunity to just straight pay the player up front and you don't even have to go around through nine different people, you are going to do that. I mean, we're not even hiding it anymore. It's not even a business. Like I thought when NIL started that, yeah, maybe like, you know, you'd you'd get Alabama's car shop and, you know, it would just be randomly putting out $2 million deals. They're not even doing that. I mean, these are just, they're, they're not even faux businesses. They're just collectives. And to me, that's, that's kind of hilarious. And, And then you get these situations where the coach isn't even allowed to be on the negotiation. So like John, the booster can just say, Hey, come here for 800 K and you're going to start. And the coach doesn't even know that. I mean, it just puts it in a lot of chaos and and a lot of gray area and conflict is always in the gray area. 
you know, we just need more guide rails on there and we can get into that too. But I mean, that's just the immediate opinion of NIL when it comes up. You know, what do you think about Braun, the folks out there who say the amateurism of the sport is now lost, right? And that's more of the old school perspective who maybe aren't thinking about the athletes and how they deserve to get paid and compensated in some way. But what do you say to folks who have that mindset? Yeah, you just got to get with the times. You know, you walk out a blockbuster, put down your BlackBerry, like get, <laughs> get to, to today. So there's there's a lot in sports that's pure, right? People compete for a variety of reasons, though. And and being an athlete myself, like there was different drivers for everybody. And it, it depends on the sport. You know, some sports are skill and, and some are just pure, you know, athleticism. And so you look at each one of these and you say, like, why are the people competing? Some people, it's just for the money. And that's fine. And that's fine. And that's why they do it. And, and you know, that's their way to, you know, pay for their bills. And they're excited about it. Some people just do it for the love, um, you know, and the money can be secondary. And, and depending on the sport, like, I've never thought it was college's responsibility to keep sports alive. Like, hmm. you can let the invisible hand do that. If no one's going and no one plays it, then, like, why – does it have to have the same amount of scholarships as a sport that's, you know, obviously driving all the revenue that's paying for the other sports. So, you know, amateurism is only defined by what we define it as. And so you could say amateurism is under 18 and, you know, look, the United States has child labor laws that are different than, you know, if you're playing professional sports overseas. Um, but for me, it's, it's not necessarily about just, I'm an amateur. I'm a pro. It's, it's why do I play? And, you know, if I play something that, you know, doesn't have that opportunity, like, you know, say surfing, uh, which was mine early on, it's like, you know, you're driven by the fact that like, I wanted to get paid to surf. And I also wanted to be in the magazine. Like there was an ego a part of it. You know, mm -hmm. I had my own kind of drivers and I wanted to win. I like winning, you know, that was fun. Um, but you can't tell somebody that's 17 that's about to go to the NBA that, hey, you should wait a year and then you're eligible to be paid. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Like, let the invisible hand, let the free market dictate who makes what. And if a bunch of people want to get together and start a collective and pay them, then, then let them. But you've got to put some guide rails on it because it's not always in the best interest of the athletes to dictate the terms because, you know, a, 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 Getting a gain now might mean getting less in the long run. And sometimes you have to implement those. And that's why there's salary caps in the major leagues. You know, you don't want one team to spend a billion dollars. Like it's great for everybody in the short term. In the long term, it's going to kill the league. So, you know, as soon as college puts in those plays and uh, I think it'll be all better for it and the athletes will still get theirs. Certainly is the wild west right now in NIL to your Perfect point. analogy. Yeah. Guide rails will be critical as we go forward here. All right, let's pivot to, what is going to be an ever-changing college football scene, Braun? We've got Texas OU over to the SEC. I want to start there. When you heard that news come down, what were your thoughts, and where are we headed here with the SEC? It is already king of college football. Yeah, let's just start with a West Coast guy over here. First thing I thought was Pac-12 blew it. Pac-12 talked to them for a long time. You know, I think – and, and obviously we're not privileged to what goes on in those conversations. It, it was an obvious merge until the big 12 kind of stepped up and got a little bit bigger and let Texas do their own thing. Now that was printed in a lot of places that it was really important to Texas because they had their own, their own TV channel and their own revenue driver. And the PAC 12 was really adamant apparently uh, that everybody would make the same. And again, that's, that's, 
That's skipping the free market. USC should make more than Oregon State. That's just a fact. They, they drive more revenue dollars. And if it's the difference between the Pac-12 being dead or bringing in Texas and Oklahoma and giving them a bigger cut, then that just should have been something that was allowed. Now you go over to the SEC and you could say that should Texas get more than Alabama? Probably not, right? So it, it's all in the art of the deal. But that was my first thought is just coming from the West Coast Homer is, man, they blew it. The, the Big 12 is going down and the Pac-12 is going down if they don't do something there pretty soon. Well, we've got USC and UCLA on the move as well, Bron. So where does that leave the Big 12? Like, is the Big 12 going to become obsolete? No, I, I don't think so at all. And, and that's not because th that they can keep up. Uh, there's too many athletes. Uh, there's yeah. too much money in football. Uh, it's too many people that want to play. You know, if there was a limited supply of quarterbacks, uh, there's not. <laughs> there's, you look at the football camps every weekend of uh, kids throwing, you know, by the hundreds, even at USC just this last weekend. Uh, there's always going to want to be a kid that wants to play quarterback. Uh, and therefore, there's going to be good football because there are enough good college quarterbacks to cover, you know, 50, 75 teams. Uh, I think it'll dissipate. Um, I think they should expand more. I mean, you're looking at places like Memphis. Um, you know, that's a big city that could come right in. Um, you know, I, I know that you look at like places like San Diego State just got a new stadium. Um, there are other options that you could potentially go to. But I think that they will be a second tier um, behind uh, the Big Ten and the SEC. And that's really just the relations of, you know, ESPN and Fox. Now, if a third comes in and says like, hey, Amazon or Apple or a place like that says, hey, we're going to now go after uh, the Big 12 and we're going to make it our thing, then, you know, that could become a third player. I want to talk about the Big Ten because logistically it's confusing for me, Braun. You've got USC and UCLA having to fly to East Lansing in November. Sure. In the cold, to win. can they pay for it? Can they handle the conditions? What do you make of all of that coming together? Because that's a lot of travel for the Bruins and the Trojans. It is. And it, it comes with, I think, more than that. And look, I, I don't need much to have a long answer. So this one, though, feels like it could go long. Growing up a USC fan, a Southern California fan, I wanted to see our teams win, but I wanted to see Arizona win. So when we beat Arizona, it meant a lot more. You're basically telling an entire community, you know, generations that have been cheering for the Pac-12, specifically with USC and UCLA, that now our allegiance lies when Michigan State plays Washington. We're supposed to <laughs> cheer for Michigan State for the first time in our lives. That, that hurts. I don't want to do that. The second is uh, it's exciting from a fan base's perspective because the Pac-12 made a lot of errors. And sure, there was good people there. I'm sure there were smart people there. Um, you know, smart people. We can talk about Blockbuster and BlackBerry, too. You know, they grew those things to, you know, uh, uh, major uh, businesses that are household names. But they made bad decisions. And the Pac-12 made poor decisions that have led to this state. And so for USC to be tied to that uh, isn't a good idea. The, the, the Big Ten is thriving. Um, we always look at these neutral site games and say like, why would you break neutral site games? You don't bring that activity back to the college campus. Ohio state at USC is going to be must see TV. Like that's going to engage all mm -hmm. of Southern California. The casual fan will want to go to that. It's going to be packed, sold out. I mean, USC for years at Michigan, at Ohio state, at, at Penn state, at Wisconsin. I mean, that is going to, 
I know you like the word electric. Those are going to be electric games. They're going to excite the community. And that's what we want to do here with college football. That, that's it. So as far as just like throwing a rock in a, in, a, in a pond and seeing the ripples, I mean, this is throwing the Empire State Building in a pond and watching it explode. I mean, you are going to light fire to those fan bases. And for us, you know, as passionate fan bases, that's awesome. And these fan bases, especially on the center part of the United States, you know, Ohio State and Michigan State, they would love to travel to L.A. and see a football game and watch their team. So a lot of fun on the horizon, including this broad sure. college football. Bring it home. Come in, Cam. Make it. When exactly. Maryland takes on USC, you better be here. Easy flight. Easy flight. Uh, let's talk about college football playoff expansion because it's going down finally in 24, expanding to 12 teams. My question to you is, should it be more, Bron? No, I, I think it should be less. I, I think you always have a supply and demand issue and you always want to keep, you know, your demand high and your supply low, you know, that keeps people excited about it. And if you water it down too much, you end up with something that's really unexciting. And I think you're really seeing that with bowl games. You know, the kids aren't playing. And, and how much is the regular season really going to be exciting? I mean, that's why college football thrives. It's, it's week to week. It's, you know, one loss and you're out. You know, that, that keeps people. Now, there is a downside to that, right? Hey, one loss and you're out, you know, worry about next year. But that's where the bowl games have been so exciting, too, because at least you have something to play for. I mean, we've really just, we, we, we've neutered the bowl games. I, they're they're essentially worthless. They're TV shows. You know, you might as well call them like freshman, you know, projections for the nobody next goes. year because, you know, nobody goes, uh, you know, the players, as soon as the players don't want to play, the players are the sport. As soon as they don't want to play, you don't no longer have a sport. So uh, I think for specifically for college expansion uh, for the playoffs, the way I always thought it was best was, you know, you've got five power conferences, power, maybe you get a six at some point. Give me the winner of each. If Stanford wins a Pac-12 and they're seven and five, that's our best. We're sending our best. You know, we're sending our best and we're out to beat you. This is this is the West Coast flag carrier and they are marching, you know, to the fight. Uh, I've never been a fan of having, you know, a winner of a conference because you're basically saying that it's it's their losses are somehow worse, but they didn't have a consistent um schedule like the nfl you know you at least have your conference that always has the consistent schedule and, and you don't get that there so I, I would always send the winner and then it lets itself perfectly to take the top non-power five conference and then take two wild cards and that would give you eight uh the next thing is i would start it right after the the tournament uh completed right when you're done with with the conference tournaments um start it the next week maybe take one week break for everybody to organize but please, please too long. Stop, stop playing it January 10th and stop playing it on a Friday night. Stop playing it on a Monday night. You own Saturdays. You play Saturdays all day long and then you play your tournament on a Monday night when no one can party. It's too late for kids. No one gathers. It's that we'll get into that on another call. But yeah, that, I'm excited about it. I'm excited for Phantom. I just would never make it that big because you just ruin the regular season. 8.30, sometimes 9 o'clock on Monday nights. For college basketball, it's 9 o'clock. Sometimes 9.30. It's like, what who's are up? you doing? Who's up? Who's no, up? So, who's up? Here, here's the argument. The argument says that there's nothing else on TV, right? Oh, there, yep. No one has anything else to do. Why would you compare your sport to nothing else to do? You want your sport to be the star attraction of the day, regardless of what's going on. And that college football already has that. 
You know, people live for those six home or seven home games during the year. So give them Saturdays at 3.30. I mean, look at the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is Sunday all year. Sunday for the Super Bowl. It's, it's a national holiday. You could do that in college football if you kept it to a Saturday and you made it the appropriate time. So I used to laugh about that because I used to like to go to the bar at 9 or 12. I've got three kids. The fuck out of here with that shit, dude. I need Can't to do be that anymore, in buddy. bed at 10 o'clock. My kids are waking up at 6. I'm going to stay up till 1 a.m. to watch a game. Ah. Especially if, like, your rooting interest isn't there. Like, your team Completely. isn't in it. Yeah. Completely. And so I... I tweeted about this, you know, I'm, I'm insanely active and it went viral as, as most of my stuff is notorious for doing. Uh, and people like somebody responded and said, Oh, you can't stay up one night. Like, why do I have to stay up? Why, why can't it just be in an enjoyable time period for me? Because I'm a fan. Of course I'm going to stay up, but like the casual fan isn't, and that's what you want to bring them in. And that's what the Super Bowl does. Sometimes I don't get it either with like NBA finals games when you've got all of Sunday day, but let's put it at 9.30 p.m. anyway, like or 8.30, sure. I think was last weekend. Sure. So. With the NBA too, because they're doing their playoffs, like even the most diehard fans not watching eight to eight, like it's okay to overlap the games. The NCAA tournament does it and people love it. Have two, three games going on at the same time, right. um, you know, gets people together, multiple TVs. It makes it more of an event. Um that that's where I would go with that. So in college football, the same thing. And the worst thing they do is put it on New Year's uh, on the thirty yeah. first. That's not a holiday, and no one is accepting this. Hey, um, my significant other, I know you want to go to your friend's party, but I'm actually just going to stay home and watch these games. I mean, that's, it's not happening either. And plus, people aren't you know, they're still at work. Like Saturday, Saturday, and they should never, never be. If you want to make the championship on the first, great. Don't start the playoffs on the first. Start them immediately. Keep the hype. No one needs six weeks to get ready. It's 2023. They did games in COVID, you know, eight days before, and everybody was ready for that. We'll be ready for playoffs. NFL is ready for playoffs week to week. You can get ready. My only thing is, though, for the students, I think they have finals in, like, December, mid-December, so they have to take their finals, study Oh, wait. They, play, they, they go to school? That's they do, do that as well, yes. Because they don't go to school in January. Valid. That's valid. Well, usually it's Christmas break. Right. It's too long. I get you. Long gap. All right. Let's talk some bets. Let's win the people some money. Let's talk college football national championship next year, Bron. Georgia plus 275, the favorite. Alabama, pretty good value, plus 625. Ohio State, 8 to 1. Down the line from there, Michigan, 9 to 1. Where's the Keep value going. in your opinion? Yeah, I actually have Keep to find going. USC. Where, where is USC? <laughs> I didn't write down USC. I'll go find where... it. Where? BetOnline has them all. Go to BetOnline right now and find where USC is. The value on this is at USC. If they're not in that and they're plus 1,000 and over, then that's the 14 value. 14 to 1, Bron. 14, 14 to, to 1. one. You, you got to play that. They're by far the favorites. Everybody is like, oh, the two-lane game? Yeah, they've got like 10 defensive starters. We've got a guy named Bear on the defense. He's got a bear, dude. He's going to attack people with his giant claws. All the holes we needed to fix, we did through the transfer portal. And look, you can't say we with your professional teams. You get to say we with your college teams. Sure. We fixed all the holes. We've arguably the greatest quarterback we've ever had, you know, returning Heisman Trophy winner. And the offense is going to score 
no one's holding them under 40. Now you play Georgia or Alabama, you know, you're going to get into a good game, but we've even seen, you know, those scores rise a ton. I think mostly the six week break does that, but no one's holding the offense down. So now it's just about the defense and, and, you know, being number four in the transfer portal, I think they've got maybe six or seven new starters just through the transfer portal alone. Um, That's the value there, Cam. I I like Alabama, as you said, I mean, I'm not much for playing the favorite. Um, I cheer for the sec to lose every game anyway. Um, So I would bet outside that. After USC, the next team on the list from the Pac-12, Washington at 33-1, Oregon 40-1. to Any value there at all? Yeah, both got good quarterbacks. I mean, if you're, if you're a passionate fan and you want to say, I told you so, you know, what's $50, $100 to a statement for the rest of your life? And a great party right. at $4,000 will do a nice open bar for the, uh, the title game there. Plus on something like that, you know, you could leverage that um, you know, pretty well, if, if they made the title game, you know, you bet 2000 on the other side and look pretty good. So, uh, you know, I, I'm always for the Homer bet. Uh, you know, one of our hosts bet the Miami heat and, uh, the Denver nuggets to make the final. And that's a good bet, except for he's the heat host. So it's like college football. Basketball. Like, yeah. You picked San Diego state, but you went there. So eh, that doesn't really count. Yeah, absolutely. Good college football and college sports talk here, Braun. Let's pivot quickly to the NFL and get your pick for Super Bowl 58. The Chiefs are plus 650 favorites. Eagles 8-1, to Bills 9-1, to Bengals plus 950. Who's your pick? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I really like the Bills this year uh, coming out of the AFC. It just it feels like a matter of time. Uh, Chiefs won last year. It's hard to stay motivated. It's very yeah. hard. You know, you win, you spend the offseason winning and celebrating. You know, you lose, you usually spend the offseason grinding. Um, but the flip side of that is, you know, I still really like the Eagles. I think they're going to be good again. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts' performance in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, 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 no one can ever say that he's not absolutely amazing at playing quarterback. Um, plus, this is his last year before the new contract kicks in. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, that means that they can keep all those other players. Now you start paying your quarterback 40 million, you know, you're going to have to take that away. And, you know, you saw that dip with the chiefs when Mahomes got his big deal before they were able to build that back up. So I think that that's an, kind of an easy initial play. Um, I like the Niners too. You know, I think the Niners had a chance against the Eagles last year, you know, if they, yeah. if they had anybody to play quarterback in that game. Um, so that's a good pick. And then the sleeper pick of all sleeper picks is the Falcons coming out of the nfc gotta love you know the way that they've set up they are going to pound people on the ground and again just like usc you know it could be as many as nine new defensive starters uh and that was really something that was uh the case last year so those are my picks hundred dollar bet on the falcons you are profiting six thousand six hundred dollars so go ahead and lock that in Braun Houston Stamp joining Lock It In, and uh, I can't believe this is happening. I'm kind of starstruck right now. Thanks for the time. Man, man. <laughs> why did it take so long? I know. Good to have you. Thanks, Cam. You're the best. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.